This is Mr. Impact Wrestling and Joe Moose, and you're listening to the Irish Whip. Hookers? Hookers and Coke? Hookers and Coke, man. You're the only pro wrestler I know that wants to do the shit in the morning. Yeti, you're a f***ing moron. Put it this way, I think Sammy Callahan might as well just change his name to Invader I want to know why. Like, he can dodge any question. Like, I'll tell anyone that. You can tell me the f***, but I, I'm going to ask specific questions. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. WrestlingNewsSource.com all the rest of you yahoos are out there dilly-dilling, you little wankers, we're actually receiving real wrestling news. This is Brett screwed Brett. I'm Who are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Brett screwed Brett. Ball two, arm bar. Hey, get a nice shot of the brand new Mr. and Mrs. Hunter Hearst Helmsley. I hate you. I hate you. I hate your hat. I hate your t-shirts. I hate your wristbands. I hate your shoes. I hate your music. I hate the C-Nation. I hate everything that you stand for. So does rule. Yeah, they do. <laughs> You're lagging. What is up, TIW Mafia? I hope I'm not lagging anymore, Josh. But we are here. We are live. There is somebody waiting to come onto the show. We haven't had an interview in a, uh, a couple of months, probably. COVID is uh, kind of grounded wrestling a little. But we haven't had a legend, like a true legend, in a long time, Josh. What do you? How are you feeling on this one? Are you excited? I'm pumped. And Josh is frozen, but listen, guys. Nah, so- it's, here we go. Hey, look, JP. Look, everybody's together. Everybody's grooving. That's why we do this, right? That's why we... That's why we do what we do. What's up, Laurie? I figured I didn't think we were gonna see you guys today. I thought you guys were gonna be out uh out hunting with Santa Claus there. <laughs> no, I'm super excited, man. We got Vampire, man. Can we uh while we got everybody here, I'm gonna yeah, take two seconds here. We're gonna we're gonna play uh while we got individuals here and everybody's gonna download this. Like it's really important. This is about mental health. This is about um Vampiro and um, like who he is as a man now. Like this is this is live with Vampiro. So uh, please, um, guys, check in out this uh, nail in the coffin, um, yes. the fall and rise of Vampiro. Thanks for seeing me again. Yeah, no problem. How many concussions you had? I think twenty. Four. How are you even walking? When I started wrestling, I had a mission to become an iconic person in my industry. Wrestling's your life, I know, I get it. But you gotta stop. Where am I gonna go? Get you out now, maybe your daughter has a dad to walk her down the aisle. Yeah. Ah, my little one, this is how it's done. You play your part, and I'll play mine. He's never gonna stop being a wrestler, because that's who he is. But. It's just a matter of time until he gets hurt badly, and that's something that I'm not ready for. 
I might get the braids. Go ahead, JP. What's going on, Vampiro? Look at this. He's got the guitar. He's trying to... He's going to show us right off the bat that Vampiro is so much more than what we saw on TV in the the, the 90s and what they saw in Mexico in the 90s. I love it. How you guys doing? I'm great, man. Sorry. Man, that documentary, I watched that last week. Uh Awesome. And it, like... It's so eye-opening to a lot, and um, I think especially on the mental health, like I touched on there with the concussions, and I mean, 20-something concussions is insane. That's not normal. Um, how are you doing? Uh, great, man. Um, I, I'm very grateful to you two guys. Uh, it's not every day that you can say that you've made two new friends, and I'm very proud to call you guys brothers. Um, that guy in the movie that you saw, you know, as you can see, I'm 127 pounds lighter than I was in that movie. So my health is back. I'm I'm, I'm kicking Alzheimer's ass. Uh, I'm doing so many good things. I'm just happy to be alive, man. So I want to say hi to you guys and everybody. Uh, I know it's a Friday night, but I can see some of the people here. I see Joe. I see RJ. I see Timber Moon. I see the Paranormal Circle. Everybody, Mike, RJ. Uh, Matt, Laurie, I just want to say thank you all for coming by tonight. Thank you. That's, That's huge. That's uh, I, I, it's so humbling. I think for me, uh, and like like I told JP, is like this is our shot, man. We got him for one hour. Yeah. We're gonna get all our all our wrestling questions out of the way, and and but then from, from this, yeah, from from this point <laughs> forward, uh, it's it's more about your new venture and, and dude what i really want you to do is take the time right now and i want you to talk about and announce what you're about to do and to to do and and, and like invest uh we're ready, Are we ready my new project or my operation all of it all of it man all of it <laughs> um well i i've um I, I, you guys are certainly treating it like it's a world-changing event, so thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> but I've, I've, um, I've been, I've been dealing with mental health for about seventeen years, uh, very strongly, and I didn't know, and I was uh, misdiagnosed when I broke my neck in WCW, and my my brain came out of its cavity and it turned. And it, when it came back, it stayed out of its cavity and it was swollen. So they kept giving me pain pills and all these things for years and years and years. So it really fucked me up, ruined my career, ruined my life. Uh, a year and a half ago, I was in a wheelchair and I was out of commission. That was it. Uh, diagnosed with um, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, post-traumatic stress 
all that shit and a drug habit. And I was 340 pounds drug habit because of all the, um, the meds I was taking. Um, I don't know what happened, but I, I do believe that God put two angels in my life. That would be Gregor and Jackie. They're upstairs. I'm actually staying with them right now. because They're the ones who did the movie. Um, and we went on the spiritual journey and I got into meditation I got in. I've, I've been practicing ritual magic for years, but I really got into it when I met Damian Nichols uh, from the West Memphis Three, and of course my my team upstairs. And uh, I went on a, a, a pilgrimage for a year, and I was going to walk across Spain. I walked across California. I walked about seven thousand miles or so in the last year. Wow, no. six thousand. So that got me better. And once I started learning about uh, ritual magic and things like that, and having your, your, your vibrations correct and all these things and, and, and getting in touch with the ancient alien people, I'm part of that group. There's all kind of weird things that have happened to me. Uh, I got to the point where I've had to make some, some decisions about my career and my life. And the big announcement here tonight with you guys is, is uh, we've been talking about a podcast for Vampiro for a long, long time. And I fucked around. I fucked around with it a few times. And it didn't really work out for me because I really didn't get, get into it and I couldn't understand the, what they were trying to do with me. But when I put it out there again, you two guys got a hold of me right away and, and things just started clicking with me. So what I've done is uh, I've constructed it and I'm getting I'm, I'm starting a radio station. I have a project that's coming online uh, tonight. This right here is the announcement. As soon as we're done, I'm putting it online myself. But there's going to be two weekly shows about pop culture social issues, uh, vegan lifestyle, uh, fashion, all these kind of crazy things in English and two in Spanish. There's also going to be space on my station that anybody who is creative and needs a platform but doesn't know how to get started, you're going to be able to get started with me on this platform. I'm going to give you space for a certain amount of time and help push your project because I don't want you fucking your life up. I don't want you going on the streets. I don't want anybody telling you what to do or taking your dreams away from you. So if I can help you and you can use my space and I can give you a boost, the only condition is you've got to give back to somebody else coming up. You can't be a fucking moron and you can't be doing something that's stupid. And you have to do one act of social service with me. Meaning we're going to do it together. I'll get to that later on. So I'm going to have this station it's going to be to help people. It's going to be to push uh, culture, sports, wrestling, pro wrestling, of course. There's also going to be a pro wrestling show on there. We're going to do some shit, you two guys and me. I know that. But um, I'm also going to be hitting the, the circuit. I'm going on this world tour as soon as this COVID bullshit goes away. And I'm going to be hitting every fucking convention in the planet. I'm going to be doing spoken word. I'm going to be doing my podcast live from the events, and I'm going to be interviewing you. I don't give a fuck about the superstars because that's bullshit. And plus, how many other, how many more times do you want to hear me talk about how I pushed Sting off a of fucking jumbotron twenty seven thousand decades ago? Nobody gives a fuck about that. So the new stars are the young kids coming up and the fans. So it's a huge interactive project, and it's thanks to you two ninjas, and it starts now. Now you just called us ninjas. And that touches on something that I wanted to get into at some point. I didn't know if I was going to do it right away. All right. Back in the 90s, 
I was a fan of wrestling, obviously. I loved WCW. I was liking what you were doing. I was loving all of that. Like, I was both, I was one of them flipping back and forth. But I also loved my music. And I was a juggalo. And you would throw stuff up. You would, like, do, like, you would go out in the ICP paint sometimes instead of your own paint. But you actually played bass for them for a while, didn't you? Yeah. Was that your first, I mean, obviously not your first time playing bass, but was that your first time as sort of like in that, the rock star mentality outside of pro wrestling? No, 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 no. I was a musician way before I was a pro wrestler. Okay. Um, <laughs> I became a pro wrestler because at that time in my life, I was either going to be a hockey player or a musician, but I couldn't, I couldn't leave sports and I couldn't find guys to commit to playing in a band. Like, you know, we were 15-year-old kids, and I was like, no, motherfucker, we got to go now. And then I saw pro wrestling, and I was like, well, I can do both of them. So I, I've been in bands since I was, like, okay. 13. If one yeah. thing that I've noticed is that you don't do anything small. Like, you want to become a pro wrestler. You went down to Mexico and became a fucking legend. The only you thing small is be... penis. What? Huh? <laughs> I'm reading the comments here. Somebody said something. What? I went to Mexico, and then what happened? You became a legend in Mexico. Like a legitimate le Lucha Libre legend. Now, and then you go on tour with... Back then, ICP was huge. Like, they hit, they were, had the cult following. Like, the Juggalos were crazy. Do you do anything small? Have you ever? Yeah. Is it just like the alpha male in you that, like, pushes everything huge? It's nothing to do with being an alpha male. I'm a student of life. I'm curious. Uh, I wanted to learn about Egypt. So I went to Egypt and I slept in the pyramid. Got friends over shit. there, some weird shit. So no, I don't do anything small because that's not living, man. Um, you slept in a pyramid? Yeah. yeah. That is so cool. That's insane, yeah. yeah. I, I am so fascinated by all of that in... Like when you started touching on like a lot of the stuff that we get to see on the history channel, right? Like we get to see, you know, fuck that's delicious boys out there hanging out, ancient aliens, just, you know, <coughs> eating some good food and hanging out. And, and I'm, I'm so intrigued at the <coughs> stuff that you're, you're, you're going to get to do the doors that you're going to get to open and the ventures that you're going to be able to do. Because I know, just from the short amount of time that, that we, we've been able to talk, like it's so hard to digest a pill that large when somebody says the greatest Lucha legend in Mexico possibly ever is a kid from Canada that moved to Mexico, like taught himself Spanish, which I'm, I'm I, I downloaded the Duolingo app. So I'm literally starting from stage one because of you. So when you do stuff, I want to be able to at least have, an idea of what the fuck is going on when you're talking to Spanish. I took two years of it, so it's kicking in. But I'm super excited to see um, that Gnosticism and the wisdom that you've gained through just the ability to decide to open up to a little, I shouldn't say a little bit, but just open up to a platform that wasn't available before because you were so turned off from the brain injury, the twisting, uh, the diet, the the brutality that pro wrestling is plus being a father dude like the, the amount of respect that um it, it's and i'm just getting out there so this is the last time i, I ever uh, it's 
the pro wrestling community has so much respect for you and so many people said so many amazing things like if you only do this for a year if you only take the chance with us to do this for a year for people to pick your brain and actually just say all i gotta do is like do one social activity with vampiro and he's gonna do everything and i gotta pay that forward i'm in like that is legitimately what i think the pro wrestling community really on twitter verse has become and i'm really excited to see people take advantage of that it's uh it's a blessing to be alive you know and um yeah i i don't understand why people say legend you know what i'm saying like i I'm just a guy. I'm not a legend. I ain't no fucking legend. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't know what happened. I can't explain it. But it, it, I was a wrestler. That's it. I was a pro wrestler. But down there, I became a cultural icon. And I still don't understand it to this day. I, I don't get it. So, I don't Do you, know. Let me, when you get, to, I guess, I, I, let me put it this way. And maybe this makes a little bit more sense as a father. When you look at it as the amount of time and energy you had to sacrifice to build Vampiro, that's the appreciation I feel is not just a dad, but like a fan of just the amount of sacrifice that you had. To, like it's like it's it shows in the movie. Uh, it's I, I it's I'm excited to continue to talk about it, and I always will talk about it because it really is one of those things that's personal to me. Is when you the challenge of being a father, especially now in these days, is fucking insanity. It is insanity. The access that, and I'm going to put it out there: the access that little boys have to little girls, even in online learning these times, to go ahead and send them emails through their school email is insane. So, like being a dad right now, super hypersensitive all the time, and especially to a girl because of what mm-hmm. you just said. You know, I'm really excited to see you do that with with other guys that are out there that are experienced this man that the 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 father adventure of vampiro and um you know like the guidance that you've learned from raising the daughter this way can you explain who you're doing that project with to to the people because that's fucking insane and i think that the um the depth that you three will get into on that is going to really show people that no matter who you are you're a father first uh you guys have hit me with so much shit, throwing me away. Um, Sorry. Um, I'm just talking about Billy. Billy yeah, Biohazard, and you guys talking yeah, about being dads. I, I wanted to, um, there was something else, though, that you started this with, this this question, conversation. Uh, that was an important point. Probably too much compliments, man, and us just. I don't know. Just... It's like, dude, fuck, man, look. <sighs> I've been given a gift, you know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. and, uh, the sacrifice you say and all, all those things, and I'll get to being a parent in a second, but um, it's got to be really fucking clear. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the names on here, and I'm seeing it. I know you guys are going to have people watching this later, but Vampiro's not a gimmick. I mean, I ain't a fucking character. You know, uh, I, I've been vamp- I've been this way since birth. I, I, I mean, Vampiro's a name I put to it. Uh, and I and – because I, I – I, since I got better, I've, I've gone to university. I got my degree in psychology and all those kind of things because I'm, I'm a life coach and I help people, right? But I also try to figure some shit out myself, and I've gone through my own journey, my own therapy. And uh, it's like Ian, that's me, gets in the way of a vampiro. Vampiro is a fucking awesome, bad motherfucker. When I become Ian and I worry about what everybody thinks and I try to fit in, then things get fucked up. 
Vampiro was put here by God. Vampiro was made by people. Vampiro is an underdog. I'm just a guy who puts that mask on and becomes the energy that people give me to get the job done. I'm a real-life vigilante on a spiritual level. And I straight up just don't give a fuck for anything that's not sincere from the heart. That's why I fight for the underdog. So in saying that, uh, Billy Biohazard, who's a guitar player, great fucking homie brother of mine uh, from Biohazard. um, And and, uh, (laughs) I can't say his name. Well, uh, Junior, I'll say that. You know, I don't know what the statute of limitations are on a couple of things. So I, I don't even deal with this shit. Um, yeah. And he's in a hardcore band here in L.A., like a, a very fucking brass knuckled fuck you up hardcore band. Uh, and we're going to do a, one of the shows on my radio station is going to be a, like a parenting show. <laughs> but almost like the Three Amigos movie, you know. And uh, we're going to... We're just going to tackle issues of parenting with, with guys like us, like Billy's and fucking Billy Biohazard. And uh, we got Junior. He's a touring musician. And you got me. But we're all parents. Like, I got a 20-year-old daughter. Billy's got uh, a daughter and a son. And Junior's got a couple kids. And Junior's a cholo from East L.A. Don't fuck with that guy. Billy's from Boston. And you got me from Canada, but I grew up in Mexico and I speak more Spanish than both of them put together. So it's this fucked up mess, but it's awesome. And we're going to just talk about, you know, uh, all the shit that you just said. Like these two fucking guys, you know, hey, you fuck with my daughter. (laughs) Ain't going to go well, but I'm going to tell you right fucking now. That's the wrong thing to do. If you do not tell your daughter, listen. You're going to find out about boys right now, and they're going to be all over you. And I want you to go for it. I want you to have fucking fun. I want you to date people. I want you to meet boys. I want you to fall in love. I want you to get your heart broken. Do it all on the condition that you talk to me about every single fucking step. Because if an older boy comes after you, he's already a little bit more advanced. and He's going to talk to you to manipulate you to do certain things that you should do when the time is right and for the right reason, not now. If you talk to your daughter like I just told you to, you're going to go very far as a dad. If you're like, who is that calling you? You can't do this. What are you writing? You're fucked because you're going to have a rebel on your hands and she's going to break your heart and you're going to fuck her up for life. So the hardest thing about being a dad to a daughter is backing off. It sucks, dude, but it is what it is. Do you think, do, do you feel like in your life, man, and, and I say this repeatedly, is that I had people around me that didn't allow me to fail early enough in my life and to learn those lessons of failure quick enough to be more successful? That guy. That guy. That guy. And I, th- I think I had kind of the, the opposite. The guy, the guy who, where's my fucking hand? That's... This guy. The guy who made me get this on my hand. Guardian Angels for life. Yes. That little cross right there. And that's more than just a tattoo to you, too, the Guardian Angels. Right there. That fucking cross right there. Right here. Every time I look in the mirror. I never forget to say thank you to God for letting me be here one more day. 
Now you pointed out the guardian angels tattoo, and that's more yeah. than just a tattoo to you. Of course, you actually started the guardian angels in Mexico, right? You were the, you brought well, not started them, but brought them to Mexico. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I was chapter leader in Mexico. Um, I've been in the angels for way over twenty years, and nice. uh, I, I, you know, I'm the I'm the I want to ask you your experiences, but at the same time, I know I can't. I know you probably no, wouldn't can. be able to answer those, you know. Why wouldn't I? Um, like, I'm like a, right now, my position in the group is like I'm an international liaison because I travel so much and I bring the message wherever I go. So Curtis said, you know, Curtis Lewa, president of the Guardian Angels, said, look, just, just go do your fucking thing and, and get it done. And uh, when I'm in LA, I run LA. When I'm in Mexico, I, I run Mexico. When, I, when I'm in New York City, I'm with, uh, I go out with Curtis and I walk with Curtis because when you go with Curtis, you got the old school guys, you got the hand, you got the newbies, but, and that's fucking dope. But you got, you got guys who got eight, 10, 12 years, but you've got a handful of dudes. You got like this one homie EQ, EQ, EQ is an original guardian angel from the seventies. And then you got super stretch stretch is another motherfucker. You know, he, he's, he's been there since 1979. So when I go with Curtis, I'm with the, I'm with the, the original team. And it's like, and Curtis is like, no, no, you stay by me. <laughs> you just have this thing. It's just this, this bolt of lightning because Zeus just said, walk by me and he gave you a lightning bolt. You know what I mean? It's like, and you're walking down the street and you see all the gangbangers looking at you and yeah. you see all the fucking Mata Salvatrucha eyeing you up and you see all the homies running around the corner and the guys on the scooters and everybody sending messages on the phones and shit like that, calling us faggots and throwing shit at us, you know, punk ass, fake motherfucking guardian angels, all that kind of stupid talk. And it's like, this is fucking insane, man. I'm right in the fucking eye of the hurricane. This can go off. Or I can save somebody's life, or I can be a role model, and I'm doing it unprotected with no support as a volunteer. That's a fucking blessing. That's a gift from God. You know what I'm saying? I remember in the 90s being 18, 19 years old in Boston, and uh, the Guardian Angels made a presence there because of uh, gang activity in downtown. And it was just, uh, it was intimidating to see them. They didn't do anything for the most part. You see them standing in the at the MBTA station, the train station, but just a group of guys who you know were organized. And if you fuck around, they're gonna step in. Yeah, I mean, what, what, in all honesty, the Guardian Angels are a visual deterrent. I mean, if there's a situation and it goes down, you have to understand they're the first ones in, last ones out. Yeah, that's the way it is. But I respect that. that's not what it's about. You know what I mean? It's more like. You walk with that pride in your community. So people, if you walk a little old lady across the street or you take some teenagers home after a party, shit like that, you're showing love for where you came from. And you want those people to get that light from you so they can carry the same message so that if everybody's on the same page, there ain't no shit happening. Do it fucking right. You know what I'm saying? You don't got to go out there and crack guys all the time. The intimidating part is, yes, you got to understand to put that red, white, jacket on with that big logo that's a bullseye on your back and some stupid drunk fucking guy is going to come and try to go at you <laughs> it's going to go down but that's... if you're cool in the streets you should know this all you fucking southeast crazy motherfuckers <laughs> up there you guys if there's respect on the street no one's going to yeah. fuck with you if you do the yeah. right thing that was the uh the when the guardian angels came into boston in the 90s i think it was actually far 
because they were challenged by south by some of the southie street guys the well, um, of course you're affecting somebody's payday yeah so they uh they and they, that's why they came in and i i believe at the end of it there was a little bit of a bond made so yeah there always is there always is look it's um it's if you, all, cool. all my friends are like thugs with a capital t hoodlums all my friends yeah <clears throat> they know I'm a guardian angel. Some of them turned on me, and uh, about ninety percent of them are super cool and supported a hundred percent. Because look, at the end of the day, man, if they had to go away, who do you think take care of their kids? Right. You know, set an example. Make sure that little homie doesn't go down the wrong path. Shit like that, you know. Yeah, and there's a there's a respect on both ends of it. You're not going to step in if you don't see something. And they shouldn't be doing anything in front of you, knowing what you do. Yeah, you can't do that. You you don't you step. In. That's not the point. The point is you're doing. You're setting a positive example for young people, That's and you're a community source of, of like a security blanket. If somebody needs something and there's nowhere to go, and they see a guardian angel, the guardian angel is going to make sure you get home. You get a phone. You can get medical assistance. You can get police assistance. The guardian angel will make sure you get a meal. That's what it is. It's a good Samaritan. It's not about being a vigilante. Okay. But best believe. They can be. If something happens, it is what it is. Now, I also wanted to, like, because, like, wrestling is kind of behind you with the exception of, like, doing, like you said, you'll do some signings and you'll hit the convention circuit and that type of thing. Uh, Is there any sort of disdain towards pro wrestling now? Like, did you get sort of, um, I don't want to say burnt by the business, but I know a lot of people, when they get out, they're sort of jagged towards it. I, You know what? I I, I, I was, like all everybody, but it went through my therapy, I, and I hope somebody gets something out of what I'm going to say. I took every relationship in my life that went wrong, uh, really, uh, girl, girlfriends, school, sports, pro wrestling and in every one of those circumstances that there was something fucked up there's one common denominator and that's i was involved so whatever what happened in any situation it was nobody else's fault but mine that makes a lot of sense actually. so when i left wrestling yeah i was a little bit bitter but i realized i was more confused than bitter because of my head injury but at the same time i didn't I, I used to say for years, I hate wrestling. I hate this. I don't, I, WC, I, I, I hate everything. Everything's wrong. Actually, I fucking hated who I was as a person. I hated who I became. I hated what I let be done to me. I sold myself out for a dollar. And uh, I, I was, I'm, I'm thoroughly embarrassed about it. I, I love pro wrestling. It's, I, this is my 39th year as an active participant in the industry. Because of pro wrestling, Vampiro exists. Because of pro wrestling, my family has a home. I don't like what I became, not because of what pro wrestling did to me. Pro wrestling didn't do nothing to me but make me fucking have the ability to have the most awesome life in the world. And look what I'm doing for a living. Come on, man. And uh, I love the indies. What I love about pro wrestling is before the guys and girls make it when they're still hungry and they're innocent. If I can participate at that level and influence people and guide them and teach them, I'm in 100%. 
But as far as pursuing it to do a living because I need my ego jacked off one more time, <laughs> no, no, that's not me. No, that, and that's cool. Like, do you, so do you follow some of the independent rest, some of the independent scene now? Um, that's what he's dependent on us for, JP. Remember? That's we're gonna turn <laughs> it into. That's, you can't see it. Uh, I do, and I don't. Okay. I, I think the. I do and I don't. I'm not up to date. I mean, if you ask me who the next hot property was, fuck, I don't know. Okay. But uh, I'm a lot like like Joey Chaos, for example, is a great friend of mine. He's got an indie promotion here in LA. I support that. Uh, Dave Marquez, I know very well. Oh, yeah, he has this thing. Um, yeah, Dave's uh, been doing it for a long time. Yeah, so like I kind of know a, a few people, but I haven't really done it. But I okay. certainly support it. And why I support it, it's because it's made by the fans. And that's what that's everything. If you don't have fans, right. you're fucked. And we I, have I think the, the world. I, I, I think the coolest thing is, is when we, we talk about this and what we all had in common was, is just imagine the, these social media platforms 20 years ago. Like the ability to do this 20 years ago. And it's really? so... It's I'm a I love lucha libre style wrestling. It is what I live for, and that's just because I'm a I'm a West Coast guy. I'm just yeah, that's exactly. what I am. I like wrestling so much, I just don't get it. it I, it's in it, it, the 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 thing I think that gets lost in all of this is <laughs> this is good shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that you're 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 willing to. You're willing to do whatever it takes to help out that next generation coming up. And I, I as a fan and appreciative of, of what you have done and what others continue to do, like in the future, that's huge, huge, invaluable information for a lot of these kids out there that are looking down the same situation, the decisions you were. Because honestly, how much do we think really changed about the business? I'm really, I really hope that more, more guys and girls stay indie. Um, it's very soon that the money's going to get better. And all these indie promotions um, that on the internet now, where you're uncensored in your work and there's no creative team telling you what not to do, you're going to surpass what the guys can do on television, even though they have better production. So if you want <coughs> longevity, I believe wrestling is going back to the territory system. The indie system is going to dominate the two companies because the two companies that are there are basically all the indie guys who couldn't make it anywhere else. And now you take those guys who don't have any experience and have been put into a machine and pre-programmed and have to follow a script. That's not exciting Lucha Libre indie wrestling with guys jumping out of balconies and chairs and fire. I believe the new generation is going to make the indie scene surpass both of those companies, and the harmony is going to return to pro wrestling. I mean, there, I mean, I know like there are guys who if it doesn't, well, fuck y'all then. AEW <laughs> was started by guys who made a living for a long time and made a damn good living off of independence. The Young Bucks, the Young Bucks as independent wrestlers had their shirts in Hot Topic. So I think you're right on that. It's 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 definitely trending in that direction. Uh, we just you, 
you going to ask Ellis's question, JP? Yeah, I was going to say, we just got a question, and I think I, I'm really interested in this. I know we, we weren't going to ask you a lot of wrestling questions, but uh, Elvis wants to know what you think your greatest match was. Oh, who your greatest match was with. And I think your answer is going to be different than what people expect. Do you know what my answer is? I have no idea, but I, I think I... I mean, did we talk about this the other day? I can't remember. Head drama. No. No. Okay. No. No, huh. this is totally, totally random question. Totally other blue. Just a fan out there that is, is wanting to know... Um, you know, well, who, I just need who to know if that's his real name, Elvis, because that's fucking crazy. If it is, I it is, you. it is. He's yeah. a cool wow. dude. He's wow. a cool dude. Well, my greatest match. I know. It's see, it's it's <laughs> like accessing has been with my ego. Okay. My ego has ruined my life, and my ego has put a veil on my eyes that didn't let me see clearly. My ego has been my toughest opponent. And it's a match that now that I know I've trained for it, I'm going to fight it for the rest of my life. Because I want to be a humble man. I want to be an accessible man. And I want to be a professional human being. And I couldn't do that when I was Vampiro in the ring because my ego wouldn't listen. So that's been my toughest opponent. No. That's that's deep, and that's almost what I expected that you were going to say. Um, I knew you were going to say it was something to do with yourself. I didn't expect the ego. Did the ego come because of, like, how over you were in Mexico, though? Like, not because of that, but, well, because of how over you got yourself and how people pumped you up, I guess. Um, I'm glad you asked that. And please, please tell me we have all the time in the world. We can keep going and ask me wrestling yes. questions because I like yes. your wrestling questions. So I haven't heard, hey, what was it like to wrestle Sting? I'm fucking scared. <laughs> it's because we're, cer- we're cerebral, man. I got gotcha. you. But um, in, in my language, in ritual magic, ego is not, hey, pre- I'm ego. Ego is what you eat, what you think, who your friends are, who your influences are, your your choices, your attitude, how you react when somebody is giving you feedback, positive or negative. That's your ego. So I know how to do that. I see that on TV, so I understand it. That's ego. I saw the pyramids in Egypt, so I know all about it. No, motherfucker. I went to Egypt. I stayed in the local's house. I had their food. I dressed like them. We went into the desert at night with a roaming nomad tribe, and we snuck in to the big pyramid. I went into the big tomb, and I did a ritual that Aleister Crowley did because I needed to know for myself what that provoked. So, yes, there is a big difference. And I I like that style of living a little bit better. That is insane. Like I, when you said you, you slept in the in the pyramid, I thought that was nuts. That's just fucking insane. Like that is like that's stuff that doesn't even make it to people's bucket list because they don't think it's possible. And that's why because they don't they've already they've already sunk the ship. If you manifest it that it's not possible, right. well then you're fucked. Or I'm, it doesn't matter what's happening. Like right now. 
economically and emotionally and things like that because I've just come out of two years of being fucking pretty much brain dead. I'm not in the right. best place in my life, but I'm not even phased, dude. I'm starting this radio station because I know it's going to succeed. I'm going to Egypt and Italy next year. I got a record album that I just finished writing, and I'm going on tour with my band. That is. When, don't ask me when. Just be there because it's happening. Yes. It just I is what it is. I can't wait to get you up here in Boston because we get you up here in Boston. I'll get the promo. Like there's a there's only one real convention up here, and it's in Rhode Island, and I'll, that that can happen easily. Um, I'm friends with Joe Bruin who promotes that, so we'll, we'll definitely be having a conversation with him. But I want yeah. to. Um... <laughs> yeah. He's like me. He's like, let me look at that map real quick. Oh nope. <laughs> it's legal in Mass. You can buy it? it in Mass. Yeah. Okay. See, I'm gonna I'm gonna visit every place. I got there's other things going on in my that I can't talk about yet. But I'm going to travel as much as I can in the United States. <clears throat> I want to do every convention, every horror con, every comic con, every wrestling con, every indie show that would accept me. I will be there. I want to do my podcast from your place. You can either bring me in to do something on your show or just give me permission to be there, one or the other. But I want to go everywhere because I'm curious and I want to learn from you. There's so many people out there that, are, that, are, that, are, that have fucked up lives. Hard lives, uh, two, three jobs, single parents, guys who are fucked up and chasing their dreams. You inspire me to live, and I want to. And I want to know you. I want to know about you, and I want the world to hear your story. It's all about giving love, man, and that's what it's all about. That's man. And then I want to ask you at the end of that tour who you think the hottest kid in the independence are. Because at that point, you'll have seen it, and every one of them should ask you, hey, watch my match. I w- and, I, and I watch every single one of them. But here, this little thing for the indie people. You're only as good as your opponent. And you're only as good as you understanding it is a fucking team. If you try to eat everybody's lunch, there are three things that are going to happen. You're going to be, be popular for about two minutes. You're going to get your fucking head kicked in in the dressing room. You, no one's going to book you, and your career is going to be over. I've seen, literally seen, because I've helped out at a lot of right? indie shows. Um, I've never, you know, I've never wrestled. That's not my ambition. Ah, you're good, though. You see that shit. So, kids, guys, <laughs> girls, but don't I, I want to be around it. You know, if the if the program is good, if the match is good, if the creativity is there, you tell a good story. Today, the word of mouth travels quick. Yes. Don't worry about it. Get it? Yeah. Let me ask you this, man. Uh, when when we talk about because twenty years ago, uh, it was internet radio. You're starting the radio station. Now podcasts exist. You guys can ask me about wrestling, too. I'm just kidding. You know that, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It's. I want to know how you feel about um, pro wrestlers and Patreon. Uh, not so much about um, uh, the business side of itself, but is that what you're talking about? Like, take everything you can and make yourself marketable in every possible way that you possibly can. Do it without the big machine? Yes and no. Um, it's not so much do it all. Do it right. And that means be authentic. 
and be honest. Don't try to, you know, people aren't stupid. Don't work the people. If you're going to try to sell something on Patreon, sell something on fucking Patreon. Don't try to weasel work, schmooze, and be smooth. Fuck all that. If you want to be taken seriously, then act serious. If you want people to respect you, you got to show respect. But you need to show value. So don't put out 17 T-shirts if you've been in the business for a week. <laughs> don't even fucking do it. Get out there and earn it. First, create a following on social media by showing the fans you respect them. Don't put pictures of you in the gym and your dog and on the beach and tanning. I got to tell you something. Absolutely no one gives a fuck about any of that except you. I don't give a fuck if you take steroids or you don't. I don't care if you're suntan. I don't care if you got a six-pack. I don't want to see your shit. You know what I'm saying? So in saying that, when you go to a show, don't take a selfie of yourself. I'm going to the ring. So what? Take a selfie of you with the fans. Put the fans over. As soon as you start to cultivate their trust because you earn that, then come up with one item on one platform. Don't be fucking greedy. Go slow. People will respond to you. But if you force it down their throat, you're going to fuck things up. Not only for you, but for everybody. Because some of these people really depend on Patreon to make a living. And they do it right. So, earn your stripes. Don't just jump in the deep end. That's isn't that kind of the business model, though, is is anytime you go into any business, you want to earn the business. You want to earn the business. That's really what you're doing. The fans are the business. The fans are the business. And you've got to be able to earn that respect. And I think that, like you're saying, a lot of that's been lost because it's they assume that it comes with the territory just because I made it. I signed a contract. I did this. But there's more to it. There's a lot more to it, right? I made it. I love that. What the fuck did you make? <laughs> Hopefully, if money. you made it, if you made it, you don't need that contract in that TV time. If you made it, you're making that money because you earned it. Well, now, I mean, doesn't the TV time help yeah. the money though? In theory, of course it does. But you've got to do the time. You can't just. Uh, I signed a contract that automatically gives me the right to charge astronomical amounts on the indie circuit. No, that's, that's the wrong way to do it. Give me ten thousand dollars a match, or give me six matches at a thousand dollars, and all of the merch will be mine. I'll make triple that. Yep. Yeah, and that's the trick. And that's um... it's like use your fucking head. But people are stupid. People want everything for nothing. Look, in today's day and age, especially with this corona bullshit and the oversaturation of every goddamn person in the world has something better than the next to sell you, if fans are loyal to you, they're going to support you because they enjoy being part of what you're a part of. So fuck that up. You know what I'm saying? Don't beg. People want to buy your merch. But they also have bills. They have things to do they need to eat so chill the fuck out it'll come just be patient no yeah that that is true and that's the um you hit it right like 
if you know you if you know your merch is selling, you don't need to charge that super high price. You can charge a decent price where the promoter knows you're making a living, but then you go and you sell a shitload of merch, and you're gonna triple your money, and that's. I also I also think Patreon's a necessary part of this industry because it's cultivating a new a new type of consumer. There's so many things that are changing right now and there's really very few places to get specific cool things. Like yeah. a wrestler who has a Patreon account can put uh, a little bit more of a risque type of, of logo or t-shirt or something. Whereas if they're in a big company, it's the generic Walmart safety, you know, yep. you just, yeah. there's, no, there's no adventure. So Patreon really is an awesome thing because it's, it's very punk rock. It's basically, you know, when I, when I wanted to open businesses when I was young, like a t-shirt shop and all these kind of shit, you know, just to, I, what am I doing with my life? You can't. You know, you needed a bank loan, you needed a credit check, a police report. It's, you know, as an example, and that's cool, that's normal. But now, if you have any kind of dream and desire, you can open a store on Patreon. And you can do the best you can with what you got. If you sink or swim, it doesn't matter. That's not the point. The point is you did it your way under your circumstances and conditions. That's living life, man. That's, ah, oh man, I, it's. In my, pod, my podcast could kick ass, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> so let's now. What is the name of your? Po- I know it's Vampiro. It's Radio Vampiro, and that's going to be the station. What is the name of the podcast going to be? Tell people a little bit about it. Which one? The your main podcast. So. Yeah. Well, the way I figure. Um, the smartest way to do it is just is is like, in my experience, because of sports and music and everything else I've done in my life, it's don't come up with a major major plan. Just start. So I've done the homework. I've got everything in line. I've, I've got everything kind of set up the way I need it. And uh, I have a million ideas, but I think the best way to go about it is do a, uh, a show with different segments. See how I feel. See how it plays out. When I get more comfortable, then I'll, I'll kind of split it up and break it up and things like that and move on. But uh, I need to get one. I need to hit one out of the park before I worry about hitting ten, right? That's right. So I got uh, one. It'll be Spanish and English. And um, I I think the first couple are going to basically just get my flow going, let people understand who I am. Uh, I'll touch on my past. Uh I'll, I'll reconnect with a lot of people, and I believe that um, I got to. I, I want people to see me fail, fall, um, because my whole point of doing this is to inspire people that I'm starting from no experience. If I can do it, you can do it. It's a very punk rock thing, so that, that's that's part of the deal. So I, I I'm excited just to let it start and see what happens. Uh, I'm I'm so excited on a personal level because, like you've mentioned before, like your your pain level. And this is like the last, for me personally, that, that this is the last pro wrestling question I ever want to ask you because it's such a, I get it because it's such you a string. Ask me all the ones you want. You have to. I'm fucking, you know, vampiro. I know, but. Uh, what was it like wrestling Sting? <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. It would be incredible. 
I have to do that. I, I think this is the coolest part is because you get to do both on in this opportunity. You get to do both. You get to have the conversations with the guys in the business that you miss or may have want, wanted to have a conversation with that you didn't. And I'm sure that they've matured at the same time. And I'm, I'm really excited about that part, that niche, that mental health, that part of who you are as a, as a man and a father and a producer and director. And now, you know, just the podcaster that you are like, I'm super excited to see that part formulate, not just us asking those questions, but right. you asking those questions to those people is what I personally, as a fan of you and a fan of your work and a fan of pro wrestling in general is really most looking forward to when it comes to the pro wrestling part of it. Are yep. you Thank like, you. do you have, do you have a couple people in mind that you're like, I, I really want to have this conversation. I want to have this conversation. I just haven't had it yet. Uh, maybe. Maybe okay. I mean, um, I got I got the bug bug again when I was doing the commentating on Lucha Underground. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't want to oh, be yeah. a later. I wanted to say something that was going to be impactful, so the people see that I was paying attention. Out of that, I got a talk show. So my talk show ended last night with the last episode for the year. It was I did thirty uh, something episodes this year, and um, wow. I was interviewing people on a talk show. I fucking love it, mm-hmm. and. They asked me, who did I want to interview on the show? And I was like, well, I want to interview anybody you put in front of me, but don't tell me who it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and, and, uh, and they were like, well, what is the interview about? And I said, I don't know. Because um, I don't want to have an interview. I want to have a conversation. I want to learn something. And I want to make sure that my way of speaking doesn't make the person feel threatened. That's the interview. And I believe when you say who uh, would I love to have on the show, nobody. I want to have on the show somebody who has something to say. I don't want to – this isn't – if any of the boys out there get a hold of this, a lot of the guys don't like me. A lot of people do, but a lot don't. This will never, ever be a platform to put somebody over or let somebody try to get over or manipulate this or take advantage of it. Um, I, I, that's not who I am or what I want to do. This is a whole other thing. This is, this is therapy for me. And uh, I want to share. There's so much beautiful knowledge out there in the world and all these experiences. And everybody, we all bond through pro wrestling. But every single person who, who's going to see this, hear this, participate, has something interesting to share. And I want to take that and go and do it myself and come back and say, you know what? This is what I got out of it. And just I just want to have a place where people are safe. No one's judged. And it's all fucking K to fail. And just keep going. So I, I, I just want to have a cool place, man. That's what I think. I think I'm, that's what I'm doing. I want to ask. So what I'm curious about, you just said a lot of people don't like you, but a lot do. When you were in the locker room, who would be sitting next to you? No one. So I wouldn't sit in the locker room. Okay. I'd sit in the hallway. Is that right? Yeah. So you were like, were you sort of a loner back then? <clears throat> Since day one. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to be involved in, in, in their bullshit. They're talking, they're drugs, they're drinking, they're cheating on their wives, or who makes what money, who who's an asshole, who's more over. 
guys, you're putting on fucking spandex and pretending to be superheroes. <laughs> uh, I, I, I never got along with, with, with the guys, and uh, I'm very insecure and I'm very shy. So even though I have all the tattoos and all that stuff, <laughs> that was part of the reason I got them all, so people wouldn't have to look me in the eye. Um, I'm too intimidated, and people always take it as I'm rude or arrogant or whatever, and I understand that. I didn't see it that way, and I should have explained myself, but in the moment, I was I was just really nervous, so I just kind of put a little chair in the corner and didn't bug anybody. Plus, I, I when I transformed with the face paint, that's a ritual, and I got to be alone, and I, I, I go to a different place, and it's 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 not good that I'm around people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's something I think that um, is really coming around in wrestling now. Like before, it had to be the old the brother handshake and you know the little Connie stuff that went with that. And I think now that's kind of going to the wayside uh, because there's no more soft handshake means anything. You know what I mean? Without revealing too much of the fourth wall. And uh, there's a lot of guys out there that are like that, that are insecure and just don't like necessarily. It's not that they don't like the people around them; it's that they don't like talking to people, and that's well, um, it's becoming anti- more normalized in pro wrestling. We're anti-social nerds that don't like to hang out with people. That's why we like pro wrestling. That's why we so, watch pro wrestling. That's why we're fans of pro wrestling. Is because we like the we like the niche. We like the 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 themes the good versus bad the evil the you know we, we're picking sides it's it's the the entire scope of anytime anybody goes out there anything's on the table it's up to the artist when they go out there i okay i i, I okay i respect everything i want to <laughs> i want to reframe something though um the way that you, when you said the set, the, shot, the soft handshake, a lot of people don't understand what that meant. Yeah, I left that back. Um, but when you now there are guy, if you're in my generation and you don't do that to somebody who's been around longer than you, yeah. then that's disrespectful. Okay, it, it, it very much so is because that's their era. You got to remember where you came from, so you need to do that. The younger guys. Uh, I think it is extremely I, – I, this is one of the things I love about Raven. And uh, he says it. He doesn't get mean about it. He's he's actually a great teacher. Sandman is too, believe it or not. So is Sabu because I've, I've seen him do this, and I do it too. Um, a lot of young guys don't know, you know. You go into a dressing room. It doesn't matter if somebody has less time than you. You make sure you say hello to everybody. And if somebody comes in late, you be the first one to go say hello. If you're sitting in your chair, even if the person is not a veteran, but if it's a fucking veteran, you give up your chair. Even if it's not, a veteran will see you as a locker room leader if you do that because you're setting an example for everybody. So, yeah, the, some of the culture is gone, but it's changed because of necessity. And Raven points that out. You see some guys come in and say, yo, man, I understand. I'm not offended, but I will be offended if you don't go and introduce yourself. Things like that. And it's it's just a little it's it's proper etiquette and it's and it's it's needed. It's not disciplined internally like it was before. Yeah. But it's 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 still there. I don't know that every school teaches it anymore. No, no, they don't. Because um, look who's teaching the schools. That's true. Yeah, I, I, would, 
Is that something you'd be interested in? Would you not maybe not doing a school, but doing seminars along the tour? I've had schools. I've done seminars. I do them all the time. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my seminars are different. My seminars are like going to school. Like it's a four-hour speech. Nice. Yeah, we don't go in the ring. We learn. It's a whole other thing, man. How, how much uh, – uh, this is a question, I guess. Uh, you know, people always say sting, 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 right? I had yep. somebody ask me the other day uh, in when we were talking about the culture in Mexico, the the family, the closeness, everything that it comes down to it. Uh, more people, I think, compare you these days to Undertaker than they would a sting when it comes to the legacy and who you are in Mexico, would you, I know it's hard to do these comparisons and I have to ask these questions because if I don't, I'm going to get in trouble. But do you, do you ever put yourself on that level? Do you like when you're talking about locker room leaders everywhere that we hear about now that he's coming out and talking is like, he was the man. He was the dude. Like if you didn't earn that man's respect, you weren't going to be there. Being that I was um, the last the longest stretch, the last 10, 12, 13 years, I was also in the role of um, talent relations. Uh, it was important for me to be a leader, but not like that, not control the floor. The so-called leaders came to me to get orders on how to control the floor to my liking. That's a fucking bigger step in respect there. You know what I mean? Absolutely, and I think that's the. And I don't want. I don't want to cut. Yeah. I, I and I think that's the. That's the point. I think when Vampiro translate to the states, it doesn't. Vampiro doesn't translate like it does in Mexico, in Canada, and Europe, and Russia, and every place else in the world, because, for me, man, it's the fact that the family structure is a lot different in the states. The respect structure is a lot different in the States. Uh, United States is the only country that when you turn 18, like we really kick you out of the house rather than keeping you close and trying to help you grow. It's one of the most confusing things I've ever, I think, experienced with the States. So when I asked that question, it really, I'm glad you responded that way because I didn't understand it until I watched your documentary. I didn't get it. It didn't resonate with me on the level that it did now because I, I saw how every single motherfucker that was there said that you were the man and will always be the man down there because of who you are. You just were approachable. You, you ran it like a business business came first. And when we were done, then let's talk about it. And I think that's the coolest thing is that you're just so even keeled when it comes to a lot of things. And so on the opposite when it comes to others and i think that's a good combination and i'm i'm so excited for everybody to see this you this vampiro more than i've ever been like when i i i listen to podcasts i watch interviews like when you when you posted that video in the car being lost and i know you've talked about it before dude that was dude that was the first time that was a yeah, that was I shared that with JP. I, I reached out and I was like, dude, this guy, like we talked about it because we talked about Paul Richard. We talked about CTE. We talked about the concussions and blows to the head. We talked about all of this and we see how the industry has changed away from the blows to the head. I'm just more excited about how you've 
literally become such a different vampiro than you were at that point. And that journey, man, and you're talking about being a, a, a life coach is fucking invaluable. And I'm so looking forward to people grasping and grabbing onto that and growing from it. Wow. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Dude, it's, it, yeah, it's, 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 it's super humbling and powerful on this end because I don't think people understand that you're, they confuse what, they could say you're always going to be vampiro. That's always going to be who you are. That will never, ever escape you. It is ingrained in you. Like when you go to Mexico, you're but, fucked. You're fucked. The, like you can't go nowhere. Point, it's at a point where vampiro was just a name now. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, it's, the, it's what you wrestled as for a long time, but it's your nickname at this point. It's your name at this point. It's not even a nickname. It's your name. Yeah. So, much. Well, there's something about to go down in Mexico that I contractually can't say. It's not wrestling. That's going to. Yeah. It's fundamentally going to change who you, this po- everything. Yeah. I guess that's the point I want to get across is when, when people listen to this is like the if people want to learn how to do things not the short way not the not the just the right way you're going to talk to somebody and show them the right way if you want to do it the right and ethical way to make money so you're comfortable and feel good about yourself i feel like like the amount of knowledge you're going to pass on to these kids uh, not only in in the independent scene but just people that have mental health issues is fucking amazing man i'm I'm more excited about that. I, I think that is going to propel you further in the States than the wrestling in Mexico. And that's what I'm excited about. I'm going to try my friend. And thank you for saying that. That's my intention. Now, if you had matches, if you had two matches left in you, and this will be my last wrestling question. If you had one match <laughs> up here in the U S and one match down in Mexico, who would it be in each, in each side of that? Whew. One match in the United States and one if match in Mexico? Have, yes. Uh, in the United States with Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> <laughs> Respect that answer. Yeah. Uh, she'd be the one. And, uh, in Mexico um, with Conan, for sure. Because because of what it means historically, every time we as if the people know we're in the same town together, it's an event. It makes yeah. the news. So that that would that would be it. Is there real tension there? There was, but no. Uh, okay. As far as I'm concerned, absolutely not. So that uh, would be a match. Like I was going to ask, would that be a match or would that turn into a you know a fight? But I mean, would, even even when there was would... some pretty some pretty strong beef there. Um, we were business because we knew okay. we were just two stupid guys. And, uh, and you don't understand. We just got to stand in the ring and look at each other. And the, the building shakes. The people, yeah. it's, it's like. That's a match that would, um, that would yeah. probably be one of the most historical matches in Mexico. And that was the reason I asked that question. It goes right back I, to what I he said. I had seen you saw that. I, you've said that before. It goes right back to what he said at the beginning is that you got to have. You got to have that other part. You got to have the yin to the yang. You got to have the black to the white. You got to have that person that you know. You just when you look in that person's eye, it's just that one little wrinkle or twitch. You know exactly what needs to happen. And we don't do shit. 
that and that's what brings the noise. We just stay <laughs> the place goes fucking out of their mind. So yeah, that that's kind of what happens. That's that, okay. That's so uh, Jennifer Aniston in the states and Conan in New Mexico. That's perfect. So, we're going to put the soundbite out there that Vampiro challenged Jennifer Aniston to a match. I, you broke up on me, dude. We're going to put the soundbite out there that you challenged Jennifer Aniston to a match. Oh, fuck. I, I'd mar- match. Marry her. I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Swiping right. Swiping right. Oh, fuck. Hey. <laughs> I can hear Temple laughing in the background. <laughs> Hey, we're we're uh, we're an hour and six minutes in, man. I, I as a podcast, we got to keep it short. And I I just want to tell you, man, I I respect you more than I've I ever thought I, I I could because in the beginning, like I said with JP, you've been burnt, I, we've been burnt. Um, but when you find a true brother in the world, you you make sure that you latch on and you do everything you can to make sure that you make each other successful. And I just want to say, thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart, man. And I appreciate you. Thank you guys, and uh, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk later tonight or tomorrow for sure, hundred percent. Yes, absolutely, and anything we can do. Every time Radio Vampiro makes an announcement, it will go out on here. It'll go out on our Twitter. So, appreciate it. We uh, a lot of love for you, man. It's uh, it's it's. I don't like you said earlier. I don't make friends often, and over the past couple of weeks, like I've talked to you more than I've talked to some of my family. So that's it's really cool, man. I appreciate that. Thank you guys. Thank you. I will continue to get high in your honor. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> boy. Same. Ditto. Hey, we're gonna let you go, man. We're gonna go spin uh, the wheel, uh, give away a fig. But uh, thanks, man. I'm so excited, and uh, we'll, we'll Thank talk you. to you soon. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk tomorrow, man. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. All right. See night, you, buddy. Peace. How fucking cool is he? I'm telling you, man. People are not ready for him. People are I was not ready to keep for. Up with the comments. But like Bobby, I appreciate you putting me over, man. Bobby said something I didn't want. I, like this wasn't about putting myself over. Um, just saying that I thank him after every show because Bobby D sets up the ring and doesn't stop until he's like the lot, first one in the building, last one out of the building. It's cool. But guys, we got a little—I don't know—we got some fucking wheel or something to spin. Yeah, let's spin this wheel. Let's give away this fig. I'm excited to give this Matt this Matt Hardy fig away, dude. It's it's pretty you know cool. The cool we thing about it is, huh? We missed an opportunity this week, though. With what? What we called it. We should have done retweet, retweet, retweet. What? Instead of delete, delete, delete. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> Look at that, dude. I, I want everybody to see there's actual the, the referee head. That's the match. Yeah. Like, oh, that's Danny literally. Davis. That's dangerous Danny Davis. Yeah, Member look. of the fucking Hot Foundation right there. Look. Brockton, Massachusetts resident, dangerous Danny Davis, yeah. people. Look, can you see his little head in there, dude? Can you that see his little awesome. head? Little head right in there. Yeah. That's, that's it, dude. What's cool about that figure is that was from WrestleMania this year, and I don't need, by the time that figure came out, wasn't he already done? Yeah, he was already done. It's got so, a little ding in there, but whatever. He's got a little what? It's got a little ding in it, but that's all right, man. No, I, I RJ think that's awesome, Mike. Uh, like uh, Chaos Theory, Ringside you know um, Rant. You know? Do you know what I did the other day? So, oh, for people who don't know, Mike Farrell is actually a he's a he's a halfway decent rapper. He's oh, pretty dude. good. He's okay. 
and he put out a rap for the uh, for the full press full press coverage theme song and it, it was all right it wasn't bad it wasn't horrible i was uh i was sort of surprised it yeah. wasn't that bad no there is um, still an opportunity for this rap battle to go down because jp's gonna yeah, get his ass so whooped. i went and challenged mike farrell to a rap battle i'm gonna give mike farrell credit he's gonna have a better flow than me he's gonna have better rhythm than me i'm gonna have better bars than him better what a rap battle. better bars he'll know what a bar is <laughs> Okay, I just want to make sure. I'm going to outbar Mike Farrell in a rap battle. What's on on the line here? This isn't just for fucking whatever. There's got to be something. There's a fig. A fig has to go on the line. That's what this is about. That's what this is about. This is about a fig. Um, I don't know. We'll figure. We have to figure this out. We got to figure this out, Mike. The judge can't be... The judge has to be somebody impartial. Like who? So, I don't know any impartial people. I don't people. know. Um, I'd say you because you should vote for me, but you would probably vote for Mike no matter what. I already sent the message out that you already challenged me to a rap battle even before you heard it, and I was behind Mike 100% all the way. So that's on record in writing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I think we got to find somebody impartial to judge, and I'll work on that. Okay. I think... I have a couple ideas. I have a couple ideas. Let's. Uh, how, I, 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 I'm. I'm sorry. There's not as many people on the wheel this this week. I don't oh. care. I was more. Yeah. I'm sorry. If this, this this is going to be a little bit longer podcast, but I'm just going to tell you right now, man. I'm. I am. I am so jacked for people to see what he's going to do. With the with what he, like he, what he told us is that he wants to be the like the next like the male vampiro like he wants to be that dude that guy that is just the rockabilly cool dude everywhere around he's vampiro i think that's uh, rebranding that way is absolutely the fucking coolest thing you could possibly do you see me guys i don't know if you guys can tell but i'm actually shuffling this right now so yeah it's uh, if nick haddix wins again it's gonna be hilarious just gonna put that on record right now (laughs) hey by the way uh, Mike Farrell and Chaos Theory, man, um, we're always here for anybody, and we appreciate you. And and man, I'm so happy for man. like people don't know like when we're talking about this music, it's it's gone places, it's it's hit ears, so it's gonna be cool. Yes, yeah, Mike, it's that was I, I I'm gonna like all joking aside, I will rap battle Mike Farrell, and I will have better bars than him in the rap. No, battle, you won't. But, no, but you his won't. song was okay. Insane. I was, show me I was, what. Show me. Give me some of your current no, fucking material, then. I have no current material. It's gonna he doesn't need. Out. He literally wrote this. He head. wrote this and he wrote this in thirty seconds. Recorded it in forty-five and produced it in ten. I'm going off the top of my head for this shit. Like, I didn't write nothing. Ready? All right, here we go. Oh, I thought you were gonna rap. You're just gonna spin the wheel. Fuck! I thought you were gonna rap. Spin the wheel. You should have rapped. Spit some bars, you spitter. (laughs) Spitter. I can't see who is it. No way. No way. You gotta ship a figure to Australia. How long? How long do you think it's gonna take, and how much do you think it's gonna cost? (laughs) 
I, it's going to be, I think it was about 12 or $15 when I, cause they won before I shipped one down to them. What's illegal that we can't ship from the United States to Australia. That's common that we, sh- that if you thought that you weren't going to get in trouble doing it, do you know? I don't know. We should find out and throw it in there with it. <laughs> uh, so yeah mike that will i don't know mike i think we need like a special little podcast to go so it's 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 completely impossible there's no home field advantage i think the i think this is a great opportunity for 80 proof pod to have a segment of me and mike but i don't know yes weekly gonna tear me apart no matter what i say i'm gonna be the best buyer in the world and those who are going to shit on me because it's what they do. It would be great for me to listen to on my walk on a weekly basis. I think we should do it. <laughs> Mike Vampiro, the judge. You know what? Like, I don't. I don't know if he's a rap fan. I know he. Um, I know he hangs with fucking. He's hanging out with the guys in. Um, in Biohazard, who and they have a song with House of Pain. So who knows. I just know the way he's the, the what from what I know, and this is the last comment I'm gonna make, and we need to get the fuck out of here and go enjoy our Friday nights. But yes. the stuff in Mexico is is big, like it's gonna be really cool. And this is bigger than pro wrestling, and I think that's what I, I'm most excited about. Is it's we get to be we get to come along for the ride, like we get to be part of this, and it's just because of networking and doing what we do, and that's just being cool motherfuckers and that's this will go up um they're gonna want to kill us on fucking fpc but this will go Why? up on uh because it's so long so but this will go up on full press coverage tomorrow it'll okay. go up uh, everywhere else tonight wns will be up uh probably monday tuesday so you guys thank you we appreciate every one of you bobby d mike but um September, like you guys Thanks, show Timber, us so babe. much support. RJ, Mike, everybody, it just means a ton to us. Paranormal Circle hanging out here tonight. Pete was in yes. here for a little bit tonight. Our brother Joe was hanging out. Um, like I, I just, there's so yeah. there's you know Elvis was here for a little while. Mad Dog hung out. Yeah, man. Uh, so like cool. it's it's just it's cool it's to awesome see people to see the same names like every week. Yeah, like, you guys take an hour, take time out of your Friday night for us. I try to do. I try to do. Bobby I try to do out hunting. Yeah, and Julian Lewis, the kid, like he does a really cool. Like I try to wipe my mouth a little bit better, but he he's probably hears worse when he's playing Xbox or PlayStation. So, yeah, yeah. yeah so and I don't do, feel so bad. I hope you do Zando wins again next week. He hasn't retweeted <sighs> it in a while. Though. I'm, I'm gonna message him and tell him to message you and find out why he hasn't retweeted it. Follow us at Three Irish Boys with a Z. That's the number three uh, Irish Boys with a Z. JP. Are we done? We're done, man. Guys, have a great night. Have a good week. See you next Friday.